Listen to this. Zakamani, the flying winger. Here's Brad Evans. It's Steve. It's Steve. Who is it? It's Brad Evans. <laughs> Happy days are here again. Turning with a drive. It's Steve Zakamani. Evans with the left foot. He's an attacking threat, Brad Evans. This is so weird. The party has started. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Side by Side. And this one's a little bit different because we are in person, live in the flesh. Finally. Yeah, I know. It's been, we're just talking now, it's been like 18 months or so. Um, but it's special because the location's very special. It's somewhere where I know Brad has come before. I've been coming here for years. I know the likes of Taylor Graham, Roger Lefebvre. Um, the best breakfast place in all of Seattle and beyond, Portage Bay Cafe. And we're joined by none other than the guy who, if you come here, makes you feel so welcome. Um, John is joining us, and you've been a Sounders fan for a long time. I've been a Sounders fan since uh, the USL days. I went down to Tukwila and, and would watch them in the rain down there. So they're, yeah, it's been part of me for did a you, long time. Did you grow up following soccer? Or did it, you know, I, I, as a, a true American, no, I did not. <laughs> typical, 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 typical American. But when I was in my twenties, um, the NASL came along in Portland uh, with the Timbers, so we started following that, and that was, and it just took off from there. So it was, it was fantastic. Yeah, you, you and your wife have always been supporters of the group. Um, is that how did that relationship get cultivated between? You know, it seemed like it was Taylor and, and right. Roger early on. How did that right. kind of wheels turn? Were they just coming in here to eat? Uh, the funny thing is they were going to Seattle club to uh, play basketball where I played bas- <laughs> basketball, which was, and I'm a horrible basketball player. So, and they're great. And, uh, so then I got them to come in and then they got me to come down to Tuckwilla and see the games and it just evolved from there. They're great guys. Um, and some of the best people I know. And, um, it was very easy to, you know, get involved with the, the Sounders and eventually, you know, go to games, buy season tickets. And now, now here I am. I mean, everything's everything's uh, well, gotten a little bit older. It's the first jersey you see on the wall when yeah. you walk into your yeah. store here in South Lake Union, right? right. We have a, a, a jersey from the original team. Really? Yeah, wow. it's right on the wall yeah, when you come it? in, yeah. Yeah, 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 and uh, it's signed by all the original players. Yeah. So, wow. if you ever get a chance to take a close look at that, wow. that's. Uh, um, you've been following since then. Let's let's talk about the MLS era. Are there any? particular games or memories that stick out to you? I'm assuming MLS Cup obviously is one of them. But in general, for you as a fan, are there anything that comes to mind when you think of following the Sounders and what jumps out at you? The biggest game I ever went to, the most interesting game, was the uh, final in, in Toronto, the you first were, one. You were there. Yeah, we were, oh, my wife and I flew back. <laughs> and it was about 500 below zero, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, the Toronto, the BMO Stadium in Toronto doesn't have any indoors. So even if at halftime you couldn't go and, and, and warm up right. and you're out there and it was, uh, I can't recall, it was zero-zero tie yeah. at the end and yeah. then they, you know, they went to a shootout and it was, it was crazy and, and we won. And, <laughs> and I have to tell you, the Canadian fans are very nice. Of course. <laughs> they, they were typical, typical Canadian. Yeah. And uh, Taylor invited us to the party afterwards oh, yeah. and just to give a shout out. We were talking about this the other day. We're waiting, you know, we're standing at the party, but we were kind of out in the hallway, Amy and I, because we were talking to somebody, and, and Brian comes down, you know, and everybody's inside at uh, in the ballroom, ready to party. 
And I say, hey, Brian, you know, great game, blah, blah, blah. And he comes over and talks to us for five minutes. I go, like, you don't have anything better to do than talk to me? <laughs> I know. But he's such a nice guy that he just, yeah, he's out there and talked to us. So. That's the community aspect. And mm -hmm. that's why, you know, our connections have been fantastic. And to tell the listeners, right, we've done things in the past where, You've been a big supporter of nonprofits in the area for right. a long time, right? Always going to galas together. And any time, it was always, you know, there were always five or six of us at the same table. Mm -hmm. And you would always auction off a, a dinner and drinks with the Sounders here at this restaurant. So mm -hmm. we would come in and we'd be serving the honorable guests that had bid on the, uh, the event for that night and serving them drinks. And it's always been just a fantastic relationship. Um, and that bleeds over into the concept of the restaurant as well, is that real community. You're always looking to source things from within Seattle. Um, how did that come about and just the thought process behind it? Is that like the team aspect that you have inside of you uh, that translates into your business? I don't know if I could say that, but uh, how, it trans how it came about is Taylor Graham, who is a board member, uh, you're talking about the dinners with Make-A-Wish, uh, came to us and said, could you donate some dinners or something like that or some breakfast? And I came up with the idea, well, why don't we get some sounders to wait tables and then we'll auction that off. And it was, it was unbelievable, you know, from the beginning. We sold, you know, one time Roger Levesque went up and he sold three. Yeah, I, I had, he had his shirt off. He did. And he sold three of them. Yeah. I was expecting one and I right. wasn't even here because I was on a trip. And I get called up later. And by the way, they, you know, get three. Um, but um, the Sounders were very supportive. They were there, uh, and it was easy to work with them. And we've done a lot of other things, not with the Sounders, but other uh, charities. And uh, Seattle is a great town to get involved in that. What you should ask me, though, the most important thing is who are the Sounders' best waiters? Mm -hmm. oh, because I've worked with you've worked 20 with or 30. Yeah. Of and <laughs> 20 Sounders. And I will that, tell you, yeah, I'm please. ready, prepared to tell you. Don't say the, Mike Facito. It was not Mike Facito. <laughs> <laughs> It was uh, uh, Roldan. He was Roldan. The, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the most. He was. He yeah. came in and he was working the whole time. Yeah. You know, you guys are supposed to be talking to people and everything else. Man, he's hustling drinks and doing this. He's taking stuff in the back. Oh, come on, yeah. shirt tucked in. Oh yeah, just professional. Oh, it was great. Workmanlike attitude. The same thing on the field. Huh? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that like does not surprise me at all. No, like, it does. Does it? I know. Like, as soon as you said it, it was like, Christian course, was like, "Yeah, just I go calm down, just talk to people." He's yeah. like, "Oh no, I got to do this." Got so, it. so he's got a job here. When he's done, <laughs> when he's done, he's, 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 he's right in here. Stay in fitness. Oh, yeah, there you go. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but I used to come here at least for two seasons for my pregame breakfast. Mm -hmm. I would say every game. And I shouldn't have been ordering the bananas fosters. <laughs> but there's something in there. Oh my God. So I would say all the time. Um, in terms of the concept here, or just the food wise, you know, you guys do have the bar. I've never seen it before where you right. order your food, you go up to the bar, et cetera, et cetera. Um, where did that come from? I want to know because I'm from England and your breakfast, you get what you order, that's it. Right. Hey, I never knew you go up and I'm adding fruit and whipped cream and this. And I shouldn't be saying this because. It was no, it's game. great. It, it was a game day, but um, yeah, what did that concept? It's okay. Well, I, I, first, I want to preface everything saying that I don't have an original concept in my head. Okay. Right? I never have. Mm. So I've stolen everything I've got. Okay. Right. So we were in Hawaii <laughs> right before we opened the restaurant, right, and we went to a place called the Rusty Harpoon, and they had a breakfast bar. It was much smaller than this, but they had a breakfast bar. I go, we got to do that. 
And so we came back here and we, oh, it might be, it might get, you know, people might take too much. It might, this might happen. And it just, we put out the berries and the whipped cream and the fruit and everything. And it just took off and, and it's become a signature, you know, ever since. So it's great. And yes, I remember you coming in with Bananas Foster, right? <laughs> and the first time you came in, you scored that day. Yes. And so I knew you were coming back. <laughs> All it takes is one. Yeah. I knew you were coming back. That was it. Yeah. yeah. Um, talking about, you know, community side by side, the importance of sourcing ingredients from your neighbors, right? Mm -hmm. All around the area. How important is that to you and the mission here with, with your restaurant? That is our mission yeah. is, to, is to do organic and do local. And 23 years ago, mm. Uh, when I started, when I was only 14 years old, uh, we, uh, <laughs> we, yep. uh, it was hard to find uh, farms and stuff like that. You'd have to actually go out to the farm and get the stuff. And now uh, it's developed that the farms have cooperatives and you can just, I can call up um, a couple different cooperatives and they have like 20 or 30 farms that are associated with them and I can order everything I need. So we have a lot of farmers and, and, and a lot of organic stuff and local stuff. Um, Obviously, especially in the summer. Yeah. yeah. So, so really happy with that. I, I'm curious if you go to the soccer side of things. As a fan, because I know myself, when I saw this team in the offseason, I saw Jordan Morris, first of all, was gone. Mm -hmm. Then he got hurt, so he wouldn't be available. But there has been hurt. New has been hurt. Stefan Fry's been hurt. And the team's in first place. Um, as a fan, when you're watching, are you surprised by the success the team's had this season? Or do you feel this squad is as good as ones we've had in the past? I think it's the best team I've ever seen. Yeah, I do, and I think uh, when we went to the Portland game a couple mm -hmm. nights ago, I mean everybody was like, "Oh, they're going to kill them," you know, because <laughs> we killed them before, and we we beaten Tigres three nothing, yeah. and we've done all this stuff, and we're just on a roll, and everybody's and it was it was amazing, and you know, you can have a down day, and they had a down day, yeah. and I just think that uh, of all the teams I've seen, it's 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 the best or one of the best teams I've seen all the way around in deep bench. Mm -hmm. I mean. When you can get somebody like, uh, you know, um, I'm Will Bruin. Thank you. That's exactly what I'm like. <laughs> Will Bruin off the bench. Yeah. Um, it's it's great. Yeah. So we, we talk about Schmetz a lot with this team, and, and you know, you've been here following the team since USL days and seen it, mm -hmm. you know, the success that the team has had, and now no surprise Major League Soccer success. And then you see Schmetz come into a head coaching role um, from an outsider's perspective and, and an avid fan. Just his influence on the city, you know, being born and bred here, uh, how important that is to have a culture with the team and really stick with the roots. Um, and from what you've seen, what he's been able to do, you know, he takes the time, right, in Toronto. He comes over and yeah. takes mm -hmm. five, ten minutes, mm -hmm. you know, of, of his time to make sure that he's making um, connections that last a lifetime. We're still talking about that. You know, you bring it up five, mm -hmm. six years later. So the importance of Schmetz um, and having that homegrown kind of attitude and, and what he's been able to do. From he, yeah, he's, you know, I, you could almost get the feeling as a fan, and I think most fans will say, what the interaction is between the coach and the players. And it seems so warm and close. And there have been other coaches for the Sounders who didn't seem warm and close, yeah. right? And so, and you could get that feeling too. But he seems to be a genuine, uh, caring individual who knows what the heck he's doing. And I think Seattle loves that they respond to it. And, you know, we remember from the USL days and, and on. So he's, you know, when, when he was chosen as head coach, it was one of the best days for the Sounders, I think. Yeah. 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 I, real fast, Steve. Now, how would your employees 
<laughs> speak to your managerial Oh, that would skills. be oh, I would be assets. I would be more the former. Really? <laughs> I, no, I don't know. I hope not. I hope I care and I hope I show I care and I I think it, people around here that's that's what you need. You just have to um I'd say management is like uh being a parent. You just have to be there. Right. If you're not there, you know, and I think uh Spence is there. I mean, Spence is there. Yeah. 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 Um, John, last one from me. Take myself and Brad out of it, so this doesn't get controversial. <laughs> mm. um, as a fan, because right now I'm thinking, and my my opinion personally is beginning to change. I've always had one name in mind, and there's a certain guy who's catching up now. Who's been the most fun for you to watch? Who's, who gets you out of your seat over the years? I'm talking from Dempsey, Montero. Bobo Femi Martins, Lodero, Rui Diaz, we've got some Jordan Morris, some really good players. You, who's the one where you go to the game, you sit down, and I cannot wait to see him tonight? Well, I, I have more personal connections with the team. Yes. So, uh, Brad aside, or you aside, yes. I knew you You know when I was watching you play, which is great fun. Uh, Roger Levesque would be, mm. would be the guy that, you know, I was really happy yeah, when he scored, and, yeah. you know, on and on and on. So, but um, as far as, as, I can't wait for Jordan to come back. Yeah. I think it's going to be great. Um, I love Will Bruin. Yeah. I think he's great, having some height up there up front. Yeah. Um, Chad Marshall was phenomenal, <laughs> right? And, and You don't say that too often about a defender, yeah. right? No, you don't. But he was like, to watch him yeah. play because he's so dumb. Yeah, and, and Zach. Yeah. You know, wow. you knew when they were back there. Yeah. 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 Case yeah. case closed. Yeah. You know, so I, I enjoyed it. I've enjoyed everything about the Sanders. Yeah. It's love fabulous. It. Uh, thank you for your time. Thank you. This has been awesome. I know you got to head off to San Francisco. You're opening seven more locations. <laughs> no, I hate to tell you, I hate to tell you what I'm doing. Can I say it? Of tell course. me what I'm doing. Yeah. My wife loves the Dodgers. Oh no way. Yeah way. I know. <laughs> I've had to suffer through night after night of watching the Dodgers. They're finally in number one, first place. We're gonna go down and watch them play the Giants. Oh, amazing. Great yeah. setting down there. We're yeah, Giants season yeah. ticket holders in our family. Are you what? Giants. No. Ticket well, you just dropped out of first place. <laughs> Thank you, John. Thank you, John, guys. John, pleasure. Thank you. Great All to right. see you. Thank you. Um, legend, if you haven't been down here for breakfast ever, you've def you're definitely missing now. It is. No, I don't just say that because John was here. It really is, for me, the best breakfast place. And you have a few locations, actually. I think you job area. Yeah, you district. One. And then Up maybe there, Ballard, close. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, You're all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Um, great. Well... No game this weekend, but we can look back to the game um, on Sunday. I watched it. I wasn't at the stadium. I know it was a great game, and you know, congrats to the rain for getting their win. Um, of course, we're you know who else, but um, the sound is lost. And my take was, it's one of those losses that you shouldn't overreact to. Big picture, still first place. It's a rivalry game. I mean, form goes out the window. You could beat them ten 0 the last time. It's not going to matter. Um, Still first place, guys are still getting fit, and I think Portland just, for 70 minutes, was just a better team. Yeah. They just had a good game plan. I'm sure social media was a, a light with takes and reactions. I avoided it, and my take was, don't overreact. Uh, what do you guys think? I mean, I have to agree, don't overreact. Going into this match, I know we had Keith Koskin on, and he said, oh, you guys don't need to worry about the rivalry, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, sometimes these derby games just happen. And, frankly, we got beaten by the post in a lot of ways. Yeah. That post got hit, like, ten times. Yeah. So sometimes it's just not your day. But yeah. it really – it sucks that we lost, but it was a great day of soccer in the yeah. Pacific Northwest. And 
I just want to remember the good times. It was, it was it was a great day. It was a great day. Not the result we wanted at the end, but a great day. Yeah, I think I think we beat ourselves on the day, right? Yeah. It's one of those games you look back and you're and you're just like, oh, guys, come on. It's a couple things, okay? Wednesday night All Star game. You start True. five players coming off of an True. eight ga- eight day nine day right road trip because it was seven seven days of games but then you got travel on the front end travel on the back end then i'm not even sure maybe those guys went straight to la was that the case or did they come back home for maybe a night and then go to la i don't know so they're gone for maybe 10 days right maybe more and then you got to come into a rivalry game where you're on a high in la you win a penalty shootout it's all glitz and glamour people are catering on you every and then you come home a rivalry game, a massive setting. Steve, I'm bummed that you weren't there, yeah. but I'm hoping that you took it in on social media at least yeah. a little bit to yeah. see the photos because the fans were absolutely insane. And I've never, and we haven't done it before, but seen anything like it. Wow. Um, it reminded me of going to a game in England mm-hmm. where just really before the game, everyone was hyped up, right? For both, right? An NWSL record for a league game yeah. to over 27,000, which is incredible right and the fans showed up and it was beyond impressive um i wish we could do it more often but i kind of want to keep it maybe once a year because that just like it adds more to it and not make it too often but you can have days at home where one player doesn't play his best right in a rivalry game but nobody had a good game nobody had a good game on on the weekend there were a couple you know, half chances, glimpses, but Nico was off clearly, Um, you know, his touches that are normally there. He had, I don't think he had any uh, seeking through ball passes in in the game. So we just beat ourselves and don't panic because if you can play like that and still hit the post five times, four times, um, you know, Yamar's mistakes, yeah. Were, yeah. Is, is that uncar- is that it's just unca- yeah. the one off? I flash back to a game that I had at center back when mm-hmm. I started early on there. I think it was like the third game, game against San Jose, and I made two back passes and they scored. Yeah. And it's just one of those days where it never happened again yeah. in my career. You know, you just learn from those days. And even though he's a he's played that position his entire life and probably yeah. never done that in a game, two errors. Um, and he almost got caught on a third. Yeah. That will never happen again. So you got to just learn from the learn from the experience and know that hey, in a massive occasion, yes, we want to play relaxed and we want to play our style. But hey, we, we got to go at, at some point, right? And be switched on for ninety minutes because yeah. derby game, you can get punished. Yeah, I don't have a kitty. I don't know if you can put it up. I don't know where we find this. But would you guys be at all concerned? The home record I think that's yeah, like it's crazy. Third, maybe four flaws. I don't remember ever. I think one point in five games like, right now, in the been, last five or yeah, something. Yeah, the home form is the yeah. one area where I'm like, this is weird because it's normally a fortress, always has been. Right. No matter what was happening with the Sounders, you knew at home at least we'd be there. But I mean, obviously, San Jose came here and won, Kansas City came here and won, Portland have just come here and won, and there may even be. So your away form has been fantastic. At home, it's been maybe three losses, maybe four. Um, any thing to be concerned with that or is this just a freak thing happening this season i mean yeah you can be concerned that that yeah. is a concern you got to look at that and say what the hell is going on yeah. uh, like you said this is a fortress normally um but again how many times have we talked in the past where every team comes here and plays their best game of the season right because yeah. they get up for it because yeah. it's you know 
it's a big crowd, yeah. right? But you look at the rain, and they're playing against a first-place team in Portland, and they have this huge occasion, and they come in and bang, bang, goal, goal, and they, you know, they get a result, 2-1 victory. So they were up for it on the day. A huge occasion. Take advantage of it. Uh, the Sounders weren't up for it that day. I think maybe they thought things... Sometimes you walk into these games and it's a big occasion and everyone's here for me and da-da-da-da-da. Uh, you know, it's, it's a double header. Things are going to come easy because you got home field advantage and the Sounders have gotten bit past couple of games. So I think it's, um, it's a little bit concerning, but, you know, looking at the schedule, I think, hopefully... Yeah. We get our act together. Um, we have some good home matchups. I feel like if you look at the rest of the schedule, our home record this year is five three and four. Our away record though is seven one and two. Which is right, which is crazy. Our road record is insane. And yeah. looking at the schedule, you go September eighteenth at Salt Lake, September twenty sixth at KC, 29th at San Jose. Yeah. So you got three, oh, another three away games Tough in game, a row. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. I think if you look at some of those home losses we have too, they kind of can't like that Kansas City one. We had just come back from that high against Austin, yeah, against Austin where we yeah. started like six teenagers, yeah, yeah. and then we come in and you got Tigres, and then you win three in a row yeah. on the road, and then you come home for a big occasion, and you yeah. can't match the intensity. So yeah. there's still some questions. I think you're right, Keely, about how can this team control their emotions and really stay even keel when things are going well. Yes, we're proud of ourselves, but. It doesn't mean that we're world beaters. Yeah. I mean, yes, we have five, six all-stars, which is <laughs> how do you go into a group and say, hey, guys, bring it down a little bit, right? Bring your expectations down when you've got six all-stars. You're in first place. You've got international call-ups left and right. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a true test. But that next matchup against Minnesota is a must-win at home. You have to win that game. I agree. Because um, you've got three on the road after that. Yeah, and tough ones, too. Not yeah. one to question Schmitz. Um, any surprise... Wolverine and Montero both from the bench. I was going to ask you guys yeah. that same question. On the bench, you guys I was, surprised I was very about that. Especially with how well Freddie's been playing. Freddie's a rhythm player. So right. that surprised me. It's a home game. He just scored in Portland. I was surprised. I'm looking at the lineup now. Well, he's a Portland killer. Yeah. That's so what to, he was to have him on the born bench. to do. Right. And Wolverine, and I was surprised by that. Yeah. yeah. Surprised. I was surprised they only came in with, you know, minutes on the yeah. clock, really. Yeah. 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 Freddie is a guy who needs to come in at, like, yeah. if you're losing one nothing. Put yeah. Freddie in with with yeah. 40 minutes yeah. left, right? Bring him 15, in. Yeah. yeah, right? 50, 55 minutes maybe. Give him time to get into a rhythm because out of three or four shots, opportunities, he's going to put one on target yeah. for sure, right? But he needs more time to get into a rhythm. Will can go for 20 minutes and give you that extra work rate. Um, you know, and I still think, I think Kellen and Joao, Kellen needs to figure out that he just needs to sit and give Joao the ball. Yeah. Because I want Joao pinging long balls yeah. left and right versus Kellen playmaking to a certain extent. Um, his job, if I'm in that role, get the ball and give it to Nico. Yeah. Get the ball and give it to Nico, wherever he is, right? Instead, you know, every once in a while, you sprinkle in a long ball and a through ball. But um, I think guys may be trying to do too much, and when yeah. the game's not going right, you even overextend yourself a little That's bit more right. too. Yeah. Um, Still first place, looking at the table here, 42 points. Same number of games played as supporting KC, 40 points. Colorado's coming. Colorado they're, looks great They're coming. Right they're now. Only four points behind with two games in hand. They've only lost four in the season as well. Haven't conceded much at all, about the same as the Sounders. Don't score as much, but 
it's going to be that LA Galaxy have not been convinced of just because they concede too many goals. I mean, the goal yeah. difference is the zero defense is terrible. and they're fourth place. I think without Chicharito, those goals will dry up. New England look like they've got a sizable lead over there um, for the Shield. Um, we mentioned this on the last podcast. Sounders so 12 games to go. Prioritise the Shield or prioritise health or you can do both? I think right now you can do both. I think yeah. they're getting healthy as they're, you know, building towards the shield. But you look at the predictions for the top five MLS MVP getters, yeah. and, you know, number one and number four are both Revs players. You've got, I think it's like 10 goals, six assists, or, or and then one goal, 15 assists. Yeah, he's unbelievable. And that likens, you start to think about Sounders 2014, right? And that graphic that was up on TV the other day about Clint and Oba Oba getting similar stats, right, that year. That achieved the shield. And we talked about it then. You can't just have one guy. That's right. You know, Raul can't score 25 goals and only have one assist and win the shield, I don't think. Someone else has to step up to the plate now and be either a provider in a good way or score 10 goals in a season. You can have, you know, it's going to be tough. Um, it's going to be a, a, a cool race to the finish, I think. Yeah. If New England can stay hot, I think they have it. Um, but the Sounders will push. They just need someone else to step up to the plate. And that, I think that guy, as of a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago, was Freddie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Totally. Just because, you know, pure yeah. amount of goals and his impact. Yeah. So I know you want to get, you have to get Nico healthy and into a rhythm. How do you get all three of those guys, or even Will, on the field at the same ask, time? Is Freddie still ahead of Will? Because I think individually, is Freddie the better footballer? Yes. Yes. Raúl plays better with Will. Right. True. So do you balance that, and Nico, Will, Raúl. I mean, that's dangerous to me. But then Freddie's been scoring, so that's going to be. Is there a way to play Nico, Freddie, Raúl, and Will? I don't know if you can. <laughs> Defensively, I think you suffer. And still have defenders yeah, on the field. I think you're going to suffer. <laughs> Maybe Christian can cover one extra player, but that's yeah. going to be very, very tough. Um, so I think it'll come down to that. I, ultimately, I think Will wins that battle. I think he does, ultimately, just because he complements Raul so well. Right. Um, but Freddie's, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. It's, that's that's going to be... That's yeah, the hard that's, part about the season right yeah. now, right? Prioritizing shield versus getting guys healthy. Yeah. Because Will needs time still yeah. to build that partnership back up. Yeah. Nico needs time to get fit still, right? And then Freddie is probably chomping at the bit. I don't know. You've probably talked to him more than I have. Yeah, I mean, he's... What's his reaction? Well, when he's happy, obviously, but... Is he, though? Yeah, when he's playing. So When he's playing. I think if anybody thought Freddie would come here and be like, I was going back to Seattle, mm-hmm. I'll get my minutes here and there, you're very, very mistaken. He wants to play. Yeah. Freddie came, and he's earned it in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. So he's someone that I think doesn't view this as his swan song in his career. He thinks he has two, three, four more years, and maybe he does. So he wants to play. He does have his eye on Raul creeping up on his record. That is a thousand percent of course. part of it. Raul sees that record and is like, I'm coming for you. Yeah. So there's a healthy competition there. I just seen Raul play this year and Will, and Raul's looked better when Will's next to him. Mm-hmm. He just has looked better. And Will's been very good holding up, linking up. So I think Freddie ultimately, unless he keeps scoring, ends up being the odd man out, especially with Nico getting fit. He's going to take over some of the fruit balls and stuff Freddie can do as well. So Freddie becomes, for me, a guy who has to accept coming off the bench. Unless he keeps going, which he's more than capable of doing. So, um, we'll see. The question I was wondering, I was thinking about this. You are captain of this team. 
Um, so two questions. One, as a captain, what would you have said in that locker room after the game? Two, what, what did Nico say? Or does Nico talk in those moments? Was Nico more like Aussie where I'll lead by example on the pitch? But I'm not going to say much here. Just know when it's game time, I'm going to be there. Because if we lost the game, Aussie's putting on his Miami Vice suit and yeah, heading out the door. He's not talking to anybody. Yeah. So um, is Nico the same? Or what would you have said? Should you say anything in that day? Or just kind of let's get out of here bad night in the office? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's been too many times where a captain of this club has come in and, and ripped in and stood in front of the locker room and really ripped into guys. Maybe Casey did back in the day a Once little bit, twice. but I don't yeah. even remember that. I no. think the team has been so successful, and that's because it's been consistent. Yeah. And I don't think after that game you come in and you're screaming and yelling. You know, you come in and you're just disappointed more than anything, and you feel bad in the locker room because you let down the fans and yeah. – you know, a huge occasion and you're celebrating, you know, the, the, the new jersey and yeah. you, you lose that game in that jersey on that day, that's tough, man. That means yeah, that. more than just, you know, losing the game, right? It'd be different if you just lost the game. Yeah. So I think Schmetz probably has more words, but it wasn't a game where you needed to rip into guys. I think guys knew when they walked off the field, like nobody played good yeah. today. Right. And then you just regroup and, yeah. and get back after it. But Nico's not that guy. I think Christian might be. Nico Yeah, no. I don't think so. I think this locker room is built on the unspoken like culture that has been passed down from year to year to just, year to year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know what you're stepping into before you even get here, right? So not yeah. There doesn't have to be that much said in the locker room for someone to feel disappointed and to say, oh, you know, raise my hand. Like, I played like crap today, yeah. right? Um, there's a time and place for that, and I think it's at training. And that's more important to me because trainings are supposed to be harder than the game. Yeah. And if guys aren't putting in effort and they're just dilly-dallying around on a, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, yeah. that's where you start to lean into guys and like, hey, you know, some choice words, right? Not easy. But, you know, you're throwing some F-bombs out there and, you know, finger pointing a little bit and saying this has got to be better. And that starts with warm-ups throughout the week. Uh, when you go into a game, anything can happen. And I think we all understand that. Um, if there were, if it was for lack of effort, that's different. Right. You can go into a locker room and be like, guys, that's right. you know, what, what happened today? Why weren't we given, you know, yeah. and obviously not that nice. You know, yeah. <laughs> screaming at guys basically, but I don't think it was for lack of effort. It was lack of mental concentration, and and um, now you have to ask the question: Gonzo leaves two weeks. Were there tactical decisions that you would have done differently that maybe Gonzo would have had an ear in Schmetz? Yeah, I think it's hard for Schmetz now because he he's been open about it. Where they went out halftime sometimes, and he goes, "I spoke to Gonzo, spoke to Jimmy. Mm -hmm. We came up with this, and then you see the change." I think Gonzo has that mind. Um, yeah, you're going to miss that. So I was looking even at the bench on the TV after the game when they were all shaking hands, and it was weird not seeing Jimmy Gonzo. It was just right. like Tommy and Preki and Schmetz. Um, I think you have to hire that position quickly. But yeah, Gonzo's going to be missed tactically. His brain, I mean, you played with him. Mm -hmm. um, I've shared a picture with him before, played against him and know him quite well. And yeah, he understood, I think, the game tactically the best on that stuff, just coming from Liga Mega. He, that's the game he saw. I think they miss him. Um, but I agree with you. I don't think it's a game. If I was playing in a game, we lost that game. I've been in those games before. You, can, you just want to go home. Just yeah. like, we'll, we'll see each other. Especially if you have the weekend off as well. Let's go away a couple of days. 
we'll regroup and come back. Um, it's not too much to say. So I feel like this conversation just like reinforces the difference between fantasy sports and actual sports. <laughs> because you talk about we're, when you talk about you know Freddie versus Will. Yeah. If you have like your fantasy soccer team, then you look at the stats and you're like, oh yeah, Freddie just starts right? right, like, and you just like fill it in that way. And you also don't talk about the psychological yeah. and all of you know the grind of being a player. So it's just. I don't know, I was just like sitting here thinking about like, wow, this is totally different than putting together a fantasy soccer team versus yeah. real True. life. Yeah, you're thinking about the chemistry and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, well, all is not lost, still in first place, let's not overreact. Um, I'm assuming it's not over under, right? Oh no, we have not over-unders, we're doing those every week from We now have over-unders, okay, let's get them. Yep. Now it's time for Over Under, presented by Emerald Queen Casino. Our first one, so the World Dans are actually playing against each other tonight in mm-hmm. a World Cup qualifier. Dun, dun, dun. I have Over Under roll, total World Dan goals and assists for tonight. Mm. I put it at 2.5 because I have faith they will be big impact players in these World Cup qualifiers. Under. It's pretty high under. though. Yeah. I have to go <laughs> under. High. Christian could score. Alex not going to score. I don't think Christian starts. Goals yeah. and assists, maybe. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Under, under. Under's a safe bet. Yeah, under's right. a safe bet there. Painy. Yeah. Over, under, Sounders <laughs> FC wins. We are on pace for 18.5. So over, under, 18.5 wins. How many? So we have um, currently 12 wins, 12 games to go. Then six of the next 12. I'll say yeah. over. Yeah, I think over. Yeah. Definitely over. Over. I agree, over. Um, our win percentage is 54%, but it feels like we're much higher than that, so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then our last one, looking way ahead to Minnesota, over under total goals versus Minnesota. I have 2.5. We actually kill them. We have 17 goals, so they're five goals over eight regular season matches. So, will um, we score more or less than 2.5 goals against them? I'll say over. over. At home, must win. Yeah, over. They don't score much. The defense is okay. Um, over. Like 3 1 or something like that. Alright, cool. This edition of Over Under was presented by Emerald Queen Casino, the official casino partner of Sounders FC. That's all I got for you guys today. Love it. So we'll be back next week to preview that game, Minnesota. Um, no game, obviously, for the Sounders this weekend. Still some games in and around MLS. National team plays today. Is it, is it proper? We, we yeah, yeah, podcast is coming out today. <clears throat> so yeah, yeah, they play tonight if this comes out on time. If not, blame Kili. Um, <laughs> but the US will, they should be in that game. They should be in that game. Um, we'll be back um, next week right here from Porch Bay Cafe. Uh, myself, Brad Keeley. This has been Side by Side. And see you guys next week.